0: We, we talked the very first Sunday about, the, the you know, sort of our response to things, our response to people. When somebody tells you something and you kind of really don't believe it, you kind of have that little grunt, that kind of, mm, uh, mm, you know, we, we, we have that thing. We have that. I know I'm that way, you know. I can be that way when somebody tells me something and I just know it doesn't sound right. I'm like, is it though? Is it really, though, you know, and we kind of have that thing. And many of us as Christians, we have that, uh, that, 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 mm, is it really, Lord, without even knowing it, we do that. We doubt, and if we don't recognize that, uh, we'll never increase in God. We'll never live the abundant life that God has called us to live if we don't recognize it. I remember coming here uh, 25 years ago. I met my wife uh, 25 years ago, and I also met another uh, young man who was, actually he was in school and he was graduating with a master's degree in pipe organ, of all things. And, uh, but this man, uh, was and still is brilliant. I mean, brilliant. He'd been playing piano since he's three years old and he's a prodigy. He can play by ear. He can read anything, classical, jazz, pipe organ, uh, whatever it is. He can read all kinds of music or you can put, uh, back then it was a cassette tape. You can put a cassette tape on and he can listen to it two times and he'll be able to play it. That's just how much of a prodigy he was. And uh, when I met him, I wanted to get better. I had been playing by ear and I really hadn't ever taken lessons. Um, on piano, and i have been playing by ear, and I, I met him, and we became real good friends. And he came to this church quite a few times and, and played with us. We had a little a men's choir. I don't know if some of you remember that, and uh, he kind of played with us. And I I worked with him uh, quite a bit, and I wanted to get better. At playing piano, and I want because I heard some of the chords he would play, and I said, "Man, that is that sounds complicated, but that is sweet. I want to learn how to play some of that stuff." And uh, he said, "Okay, yeah." He said, "I'd be happy to to help you." So he, uh, you know, he came over and um, to the little studio that we had, and uh, he said, "All right, now play a C scale." I said, no, man. Listen, I know a C scale. I already know that. I want to play. The, I want to play those sweet jazz chords, you know, that you was playing. I want to play those licks, you know, that, that I heard you playing. He said, well, if you want to do that, this is what you got to do to get to there. You're not going to get to there unless you do this. And so what he did was he began to put a foundation in me. All right, uh, and from the beginning, he said you got to start from here in order to get to in order to get to third grade. You got to pass first grade and second grade. All right. We're not going to pass you along. I um, remember playing football in high school. I'm going somewhere with all this. I remember playing football in high school and uh, I had played since I was in Little League. I know you probably can't tell now, you know, but when I was in Little League, I played. I was really good. I loved football and I, uh, you know, I was a running back and a receiver. And then when I got to high school, I was a defensive back and um, I just loved it. I was in great shape then and uh you know I I was really good at it and um, we had a pretty good team but I remember uh coming uh, and we'd start practice and I was so excited about the season because we were ranked you know fourth in the state and all this kind of thing and I was so excited and our coach said all right guys here's a football And he'd throw it on the ground, and he'd say, uh, "Get the football. Let's see the first person to the football." And we go, "What? What is this you're doing?" He said, "This is called a fumble drill." And we go, "We know what fumble. If it's a fumble, you got to pick it up." He said, "You're never going to do all the other stuff unless you learn the fundamentals of getting a fumble when the ball's on the ground." and we thought man this guy why are we doing this you know second grade stuff and we, we know we know all these things we want to get to the you know double reverse pass bomb hail mary we want to we want to do all that but he had us doing basic fundamental stuff and what he's saying to us is no matter how old you are no matter how long you've done it you must always always practice the fundamentals even today uh, my wife is in her room she's about to get a doctorate degree in music she's practicing scales that wasn't the correct scale but you know she know what the scale is I don't know what it is but you know she's practicing scales we must learn the fundamentals why am I telling you all this because many of us as Christians feel like we're at a certain place but we keep getting beat upside the head and the reason for that is because we don't practice our fundamentals every day Doubt is a fundamental flaw in the Christian life. It is a fundamental flaw. It is one that we overlook. Doubt is a thief. It is a robber. And it is one that sneaks in. It is like, a, what is that old saying? A little leaven. Leavens the whole lump. A little leaven. A little Doubt, And so for the next few weeks, we're going to talk about this doubt with some with some stories. And so what I want to do is today, let's just start. And I don't know how long uh, this is going to take. Don't worry. Uh, you know, I'm not going to do the whole thing today. It's impossible. I, I have a whole lot of stuff here. We're not going to do it all today. Uh, but listen, um, for those of you who would say, you know, Pastor Mike, you know, take your time. It, it, don't, don't worry about it. God, God can do in 30 minutes what he can do in 45 minutes. He can do that, you know it's all right got holy spirit gonna be here jesus listen lord the lord willing and the creek don't rise jesus don't come back all right we're gonna be here y'all coming back next week i hope y'all I hope most of y'all come back next week. We're going to keep on going. We're going to keep on going. We need to, you know, we need to get this in our spirit. So if you have your Bible, in fact, if you have your Bible, turn over to James before. Uh, I don't have this one to put up on the board. So uh, you're going to have to turn there to this one. All right. Because this one's not going to be up on the board. Uh, turn over to James. Uh, I think just the first chapter of James. And, um, we just want to see what God is saying about this, what God is saying about this, all right? Doubt, 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 doubt. The first chapter of James, and I'm reading from the New King James Version, all right? New King James Version, if you have a different version, we'll be at the same place together. The book of James is in the New Testament, all right? Right before 1 John, Jude, and Revelation, all right? You there? Anybody there? Got it, most of you? All right, James, let's start. um, Look at verse 4. Verse Verse 4 says, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally, liberally, and without reproach. I believe the King James says, and upbraideth not. And it will be given to him. It will be given him. Verse 6 says, but let him ask in what? Let him ask in what? Let him ask in what? Let him ask in faith with no, what's this word? With no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. He who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. That means you might believe anything. You might be anywhere. There's no telling. This week you believe this. Next week you'll believe that. That's what doubt means. That's what doubt means. We, I, I want to emphasize this because uh, many of us kind of feel like, well, doubt is not that bad. It's just, It's just a little doubt. It's just a little doubt. Listen, doubt is horrible uh, when it comes to the word of God. When it comes to God's word, doubt is horrible. If we don't believe that God's word is true, this is why God said in Revelation, and I have a revelation about this revelation, uh, it, it, to me, God, uh, you know, shared this with me because I, I kind of wasn't understanding exactly what he meant by this, but this is why he said in Revelation, I'd rather you be cold or hot, because if you're lukewarm, I'll regurgitate, I'll spew you out of my mouth. And I thought, oh, that means you either have to be hot, meaning being hot for the Lord, or cold, meaning you're against God, and then, well, what does that mean? You'd rather do that and then be lukewarm? I wasn't understanding all that. But what God was sharing with me, and you may have a different revelation. I understand it. If you have a different revelation, that's all right with me, is that uh, hot or cold is not what we think it is, hot or cold, like hot for, we made that up, I'm hot for God. And that's okay, nothing wrong with that, but that, that's not in the, Bible. we made that up, uh, you know, th- these sayings, and it's okay because it's how we interpret that. But he's saying, look, you need to stand, you need to be, uh, you need to be affirmative, no doubt right hot cold don't be lukewarm in the middle he I hate people who are lukewarm God is saying because I'll spew you out of my mouth I don't like people who are wavering that's why he said that because why if you doubt you're like a wave of the sea driven and tossed with the wind God doesn't like that in people. He wants us to know that we 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 know know. his word is true. His word is true. And what he says about you is true. He doesn't want you believing the enemy and what the enemy would say about you. We must believe what God is saying about us. And, uh, there's a reason why I'm emphasizing this just sort of as a foundation. Uh, and it's because that I, I, I really believe we, you know what, as Christians, uh, these things are just, forgive me if it sounds like I'm just talking crazy, but it's just, this is just coming to me. Um, I, I believe that we operate in about three percent of the anointing capacity that God has for us as Christians and I'm, I'm I'm looking in the mirror I'm not you you know I always say that I'm not preaching to you like I got it all together and I'm we're I believe as Christians maybe three or four percent of what God has available for us to operate in okay For us to operate in. And you may look at that, you may say, oh, well, he's, what is he talking about? Just money or is he, I'm not just talking about, I'm talking about life. Jesus said, I come that you might have life, every area of life, life, and that more abundantly why because he is able to do and I, I i think it's it's the king james i love the king james here um i i, I i'm able to do exceeding he does, see we say i mean he's able to do exceedingly abundantly you know i've said this before exceedingly abundantly i believe that's in the new king james and in some other translations i like the king james just because it says i'm able to do exceeding abundantly in other words i can do abundantly that's more than enough Abundance is more than enough. I'm able to do abundantly, but guess what? I'm God. I can exceed abundance. I'm able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. You know my name. Jesus, that's the name. Come on. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. By the way, another side note, that to me, this whole thing right here is why I love to serve Jesus and why I, I, I would never serve anybody else. I would never, and I'm, I'm sorry if I offend you, uh, but you know, I, listen, I, I really don't care. I apologize if I offend you, but i never serve Allah or Buddha or anyone else, no one else, Jesus only, because Jesus is the only one that said, I'm the way. I be the man. I'm here. I'm the man. There is no way to the Father except by me. There's not three or four different ways. You're not going on a mountaintop to try to get some enlightenment. I'm the enlightenment. I'm the light. I'm everything. I'm not your co pilot. I'm the plane. I'm the wind. I'm the engine. I'm the earth. I'm space. I'm everything. There is no way to the Father except by me. You know my name, it's Jesus. Come on. He's the one and the only. That's why I serve him. And no, nobody else is that bold. Nobody else. Everybody else will shrink back. Well, there's, I, I can probably show you a way. Man, get out of here. I want, this, I want Jesus. He is the way. He's not going to show you a way. He is the way. Okay, let's get back to it. So this is why he doesn't want us to doubt. So let's get at least one story in real quick. All right, good. turn over to Matthew chapter 14. I just want to look at this, the problem with doubt. The problem that we have with doubt, the problem with doubt, the problem with doubt. And over the next few weeks, I just want to look at these pro- just four stories, four stories, four passages of Scripture in the Bible. And um, listen. Uh, these are, for many of you, these passages are ones that you, you've heard before, you've read, you've probably heard them preached about before, you know it, all right, but remember, remember, we must make sure that our foundation is sure. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? This is foundational, but until we get this we're not going, listen, we're looking, if, if you're like me, if you're like me, listen, I love great revelation. Whoa, I never thought about it that way. And the Babylon and the thing and the tower and the seven spirits, you know, I love all that stuff. I love it. But guess what? I, I, I need to, to live the abundant life that Jesus called me to live. Let's do that first. Let's do that first. And then we'll get to all the great revelations that God has for us. Then we'll get to all of those things. This verse right here says immediately, Jesus, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. He made them get into the boat (laughs) while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray, went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying, it is a ghost. It's a spirit, it's a ghost. And they cried out, For fear, they were scared. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer, it is I. Somebody say, it is I. It is I, I. do not be afraid. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he, meaning Jesus said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water. To go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately, immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. And he said to him, O ye of little faith, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt when you look at this passage of scripture that you've you've read so many times you've you 've heard it in fact uh, um, some some weeks ago we had uh, a prophet and evangelist here talking a little bit about this story um, and talking about the the other guys on the boat and how uh, you know they might have been yelling at him and all of those kind of things. Uh, but when you look at this story, one of the things that you realize is that we as Christians and as people of God can have the will of God right in our hands. We can have a word from God, we can have the will of God, and it's still not come to pass. Now, we know God is sovereign. God is sovereign. I, you know, listen, I, I, I think about Noah. You know, there's some things that God's gonna do. It, there's some things God's just gonna do. Okay, this just gonna happen. You know, people at Nineveh was going to hear his word and it was going to come uh, from Jonah. Right. Uh, And, you know, Jonah Jonah made a choice, but God had already made another choice. (laughs) All right. So in that instance, uh, what God wanted to happen was going to happen. But as it relates to us and as it relates to us living our life and living uh, an abundant life, we need to understand that we have a choice. We have a choice. We have a choice. When you look at this and you you think about how Jesus was walking on the water and they were all scared and said, it is a ghost. And, And Jesus said, it is I. What's the first thing Peter did? He said, hmm, is it really, though? Is it, though? Is it? Lord, if it's you. The man just said it was him. And he said, Lord, if it's you. All right, but you know, Jesus just shined that on. That, that, was, that was okay because, and, I, and I'm not talking bad about Peter because I'm, I'm, I'm looking at myself right in that situation. And any of us, I, I, I dare to say that many of us would have done the exact same thing. Lord, is it though? It, it kind of doesn't look like it. <laughs> and uh, I'm not really sure. It is I, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come to you on the water. What did Jesus say? What was his word? Come on. on. Now, do you know what that was when Jesus said that? Obviously, it was the word of God. But do you know that also that was the will of God? You think God's going to speak a word that's not his will? Does that sound right? Anybody... Does that sound right? No. The, the word of God is God's will. So when God, when Jesus said, come, he gave him the word and he gave him his will. Also with that, he had to have given him the power to do what he told him to do. God, it would be foolish for God to tell you to do something and not give you the power to do what he told you to do. So there, Peter had God's word, he had God's will, and he had the power to undergird what God had told him to do. And while we're talking about Peter, he walked on the water. He did walk on the water. Peter walked on the water. I said, Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water. He did walk on the water. So I I can't talk bad about Peter. I don't know about you, but how many of you have walked on the water? I mean, Peter walked on the water. He walked on God's word. He walked on God's will. And he walked with the power that Jesus, with one word, one word. Come on. Come. Come on. He did it. But what is interesting about this is that as you read down through there, he he, he got he, you imagine he got out of the boat. He's looking at Jesus. Jesus says, come on. So obviously he's looking at him to see where he is because he's going toward him. And then... The Bible says, but he saw. Now, what was the word that Jesus gave Peter? What was it? Come. He never told him to saw. He just said come. Never told him to saw, but he saw. And so many of us do the us I said, do the same thing. We saw. See, we begin to look at the circumstances. Now, by the way, let me just say something as a side note, in case you think I'm, you know, so you want to put me, you know, say he's just crazy, you know, uh, grace, I don't know, preacher, that's, you know, whatever. Um, no, no, no. Listen, we, we we are not people who deny anything. That it is what it is. It's it's the sun is shining, but it's cold. <laughs> you know, the grass is green. Uh, there's no leaves on the tree. Whatever. You know, uh, we we say we 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 we. Ask absolutely um, know that what is there is what is there okay but the difference is what are we dwelling on what are we confessing what are we confessing what are we confessing with our mouth I mean listen if your leg hurts your leg hurts you you don't need to say well my leg doesn't hurt yes it does dummy your leg hurts okay but but what are you? Conf- are you all day long? My leg hurts. My leg hurts. My leg hurts. My leg hurts. Oh boy, I don't know what's going to happen. They might have to cut it off. Uh, you know, it could be cancer. Uh, we don't know what it is. It could be glaucoma. You know, my mom had glaucoma, you know, what are you confessing? Or are you saying, yeah, my leg hurts, but first Peter two twenty four by his stripes, we were healed we were healed we were healed we don't see you 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 must understand that we don't see we always wait for the manifestation and then we want to activate our faith you have to understand that your faith the activation of your faith activates the manifestation of whatever it is in your life no matter what it is our faith our faith has to be an action word has to be an action word so what Jesus is saying to us is don't dwell on, don't repeat, don't continually confess the circumstances. See, you're either going to confess the circumstances or you're going to confess faith. You're either going to confess the circumstances or you're going to confess faith. And what's interesting about this is Jesus, he said, Peter said, Lord, save me. The Bible says immediately Jesus stretched out his hand. Jesus is not, he he never came to condemn us. Jesus is not going to condemn you. He's not going to condemn you. So it, this message, uh, Jesus is not here this morning to make you feel bad, okay, about, well, I, you know, I, I don't, I didn't have that much faith and yeah, I've said some things. Well, he's, he's not trying to make you feel bad. All he's trying to do is get you to come up to where he is. Okay, get it. That's where you are. That's what's happening. But what about today? This is the day that the Lord has made. Will we rejoice and be glad in it? Yes, We will. So Jesus is saying, all right, today's the day. Today is the day to to raise your faith. Today is the day for a revelation of what this is all about. And so immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and he caught him, right? And it it implied in there is they walked back to the boat. You know, he he carried him back to the boat. And then the words that he said, oh, you of little faith. Now, look look at what he says, these last four words. You know, you would have thought the last four words would have been, why did you look at the wind? Because it says, but when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. When he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, okay? But Jesus didn't say, why did you look at the wind? What did he say? Why did you doubt? God calls looking at the circumstances doubting i want to say that again i want you to get that god calls looking at the circumstances and confessing the circumstances doubt in case you need a reminder doubt when it comes to god's word is bad doubt is not good it's a bad thing when it comes to the word of god doubt is not good can we agree on that Listen, uh, don't, don't, don't be afraid. Well, you know, I, I know I've had some doubt, and so I really don't want to say that. Yeah, it, it's bad. It's bad. You might as well just admit it. In, in order to go to where you want to get, you first have to know where you are, okay? In order to go to where God wants you to be, to where you want to be, you have to know and admit where you are. If I want to get to California, I can't say, well, I want to go to California. You know, I'm in Nebraska and I'm really in Indiana. Say where you are. It's all right. Say where you are to get to where you want to go because God is not a condemner. It says immediately Jesus stretched out his hand right where Peter was. And you think about that. You think about it. It says, and beginning to sink. Have you ever known anyone to get in the water and begin to sink? begin to sink I don't know about you but when I jump in the water I don't begin to do anything I go straight to the bottom and maybe that's just me you know I know I need to lose a little Uh, maybe some of y'all are so light that you you know but but you don't begin to sink he began to sink see as soon as you begin to look at your circumstances you begin to sink listen, looking at the circumstances, the more you do that, the more your faith fades. And the problem with that is we don't notice it often. We don't realize that we're looking at the circumstances. We're looking at the circumstances. And slowly and surely as we do that, our faith begins to fade away. Kind of like that old thing about, uh, you know, a frog in the pot, you know, and the water's turned up. And he doesn't know that he's being cooked, right? That's how we are. You're being cooked and you don't even know it because of your doubt. Because of your doubt. Listen, I'm sorry. I can't hold it back this morning. Because of your doubt, you're being cooked in the pot. I'm being cooked in the pot because of doubt. But guess what? Here's the good news. Here's the good news about the whole thing is that we have something to say about it. We don't just have to say, well, the devil, I hope God's able to do something because the devil sure has beat me up. No, you have something to say about it. You have, you can do something about it. You have the ability to jump out of the pot. You have the ability to do that. You just don't have to sit there and let life beat you up. I don't know how many of us are going through things right now where there are circumstances. You, you have a goal. I, I, let me just admit, I have a goal. I have a goal this year. I have, I have goals this year that I am going towards. And already 16 days into the year, things are coming. There's a tax coming. But guess what? The Bible says many things about that. Many are the afflictions of them all, but God, but God delivers them out of them all. Amen. And in this story right here, Jesus is walking on the water. Listen, uh, the, the storm came. It would have been great. Would he have walked on the water if there was no storm? I don't know. Maybe. Probably so. But it didn't matter. It didn't matter. It doesn't matter what comes your way. Don't worry. Don't get down. Don't get depressed about the circumstances that come this year because you are people of faith. You are overcomers. You are more than conquerors. You are kings and priests. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and never again beneath, and you are a people that believe what God is saying about you right here, right now. You are a people that believe that, even if you don't think you believe it. I'm telling you, you believe it. You believe it in your heart. You can't even get saved without believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. This is our theme for this year. Our theme for this year is believing in our heart and confessing with our mouth. Believing in our heart and confessing with our mouth. Oh, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? Your faith will gradually leave you if you keep looking at the circumstances. Doubt will prevent us from experiencing God in miraculous ways. You know, often over the years, uh, my wife and I have talked about this and I've I've said, you know, why? It seems like... Um, You know, when you think about, uh, you know, church and kind of how we grew up in church, you know, I used to see uh, signs and wonders and, you know, I used to see all these things in church and I wonder why we don't see some of those things and I want to blame it on a lot of things, you know, I want to blame it on us being so contemporary and, uh, you know, the new charismatic church and, you know, a lot of young preachers, uh, you know, who just wear untucked shirts and jeans, you know, and uh, I want to blame it on all that stuff and guess what? None of that is to blame. of that even matters none of it matters because when I grew up we didn't look like the people who grew up in the 40s and 50s and 60s we was we were radical you know with all our music and all of that and so it had none of that none of that changes the word of God none of that changes the word of God it's it's a little five letter word how many letters in there yeah a little five letter word doubt 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 is the thief of the blessings of God. When we look sideways, can God really do it? Will he really do it? When we look like that, that is what stops us. That is what stops God. You can stop God, and we're going to see that in one of our stories. We're going to see that in one of our stories. You can stop God moving in your life. You can stop God moving in your life. Listen, we're just about done. Turn to one more scripture real quick. Uh, we'll, get, we'll get on this one next week, but I want to read it to you. Um, the first point I had was it prevents us from experiencing God in miraculous ways. Turn over to Matthew chapter 17 look at Matthew chapter 17. I'll just read this passage today, and then uh, we'll continue on next week uh, with this thing about doubt and how it keeps stopping us. We're going somewhere with this, okay? We're going somewhere with this. We're going to be people of faith this year. We are going to be people. I'm not asking. (laughs) We're going to be it. We're not asking. uh, We're not, you know, listen, we are going to be people of faith this year. People of faith. You wouldn't be here You and I can say that so boldly because you wouldn't be here this morning if you didn't want to be people of faith. You do. And I do. And so we are. We are. Verse 14 of Matthew chapter 17 says this. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, oh, faithless and perverse generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him. (laughs) And the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why, 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 why why could we not cast it out? Why? So Jesus said to them, because, because of your unbelief, for assuredly, I say to you, come on, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing, nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Now, I just want to point out one thing to you here. And then and then, we will, uh, and then we'll, we'll, we'll pick it up again next week. You know, they asked the question, why could we not cast it out? I, I want to I leave you with this little bomb right here. I want to leave you with this one right here. <laughs> I hope you come back next week. Maybe I should wait till next week to say this. I don't know. Hopefully you come back next week. This statement in the Bible is not a true statement. Ooh, I know. I know. I know. I know you. I know. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, I see you. Wait a minute. The Bible is truth. All right. That's, you know, it's the canon. That's that's, the Bible is truth. It's the word of God. It is true. The Bible is truth. The Bible is truth. But everything in the Bible, my wife, you know to me about this, everything in the Bible is not a statement of truth. Everything in the Bible is truly stated, but everything in the Bible is not a statement of truth. See, I really should just kind of stop right there and let you mull that and see if you come back next week. But I'm afraid, I'm afraid some of you might not come back. So let me just tell you real quick what I'm talking about here. Because the disciples, here, here's, here's what I'm saying. I, and I'll prove it more. I'll go into it more next week. All right. Here's what happened. They, they, they said, why could we not cast it out? Why could we not? They asked that question. Why could we not cast it out? Not, that's not true. They knew they could, but for some reason it didn't work. They knew they could cast it out. They said, why could we not cast it out? Not true. You could cast it out. I'll prove it to you real quick. Okay, very quickly. Very quickly. Matthew chapter 10. Go back to Matthew chapter 10. Real quick. What chapter were we just in? 17. We're going back to 10. What comes first, 10 or 17? 17. 10. Okay. So this must be something that happened before what just happened. Okay. You guys know, Eldon already knows what I'm talking about. Matthew chapter 10. I know it's not up there, but look at verse one. All right. Get to Matthew chapter 10. Cause I want you to see this real quick, real quick. We don't have it up there. Um, but you know, if you have your little device, you can, you can just say, it. you can just go there, put it in Google, Matthew chapter 10. All right. Verse one, it says that when he had called his 12 disciples to him, hmm, should I read this? He gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to what's the word heal how many now I don't know if this boy here had an unclean spirit or if he had any of these all sicknesses maybe he had a different one than the all I'm not really sure but this says all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease so They had the power to do it. So to come to him, in fact, the very very fact that they came and said, why couldn't we do it? They must have known that they could do it, but it didn't work. Why could we not do it? Why could we not do it? Here's what we have to know. We'll get back to it next week. I know I keep saying, I said, that's five endings. That's all I get. This is it. This is it. There are things we know that we can do. God has given us the power let's stop saying why can't i do it you can let's just ask god for a revelation why didn't it work tell me what i need to do because it's not on god it's on you (laughs) it's not on god if something god told you doesn't work it's not on him it's right here it's on us amen